Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 32, The Power of Self-Awareness for a Happy Life. It's April 13th, 2020. I'm your host, Lisa Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskovich. In difficult times, it makes sense to me to do things that are going to make you happy and increase your level of happiness. I mean, why would you not? When life is hard, you need every trick and every tip to make life better. Self-awareness is absolutely a key to having a happier life, as you'll discover through this podcast. We all have unseen, unidentified, and undistinguished views and beliefs about ourselves, about other people, about life, and about the world. And the power is in discovering what we don't see, what we haven't identified, and what we don't know. So why has society been so taken with the 1946 classic movie called It's a Wonderful Life? Well, it's a classic since 1946 because the main character lacks self-awareness. In the beginning of the film, he's not aware of the incredible difference he has made in the lives of other people. And throughout the movie, with the help of an angel, he becomes aware of the impact he has made on others. So this is a common situation for humanity, for people that we're just not self-aware. We're not aware of the impact we have on others. We're not aware of so many things. So self-awareness is extremely powerful, just like in the movie. And what I want for you is I want you to have this happy, rich, amazing life. I want you to have your dreams come true. These are the things that I want for you because life is hard. Let me tell you, I know how hard life is every, oh my gosh, I know. And self-awareness is going to make it easier, trust me. So let's dive in. So what I'm going to cover in this podcast today is what is self-awareness, the benefits of self-awareness, signs you might be lacking self-awareness, the biblical context for self-awareness, the historical or philosophical context for self-awareness, the psychology context for self-awareness, steps to becoming more self-aware, takeaways, and a call to action. Now, I always start my podcast out with a shameless plug for my giveaway, which goes on through July 2021. So why not visit my website to win free stuff? I am giving away copies of my brand new gluten-free and allergy-free cookbook, which you could win, or my regular book, The Handbook for Living, uh, for Being Well-Loved, Happy, and Healthy. So there's two different books you can win, plus other prizes. So why not? My next important piece of information that I always cover is for you to know that I am, this is my disclaimer, 
I am not a medical health professional or therapist in any way. You as a consumer should get your health information from a licensed healthcare professional. That's just the way it is, which I am, I am not that. So if you need medical advice, you need to get it from a licensed healthcare professional or therapist. Now, if you are suicidal as you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to ask you to stop listening to the podcast and please right away call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline because there is help available. That number is 1-800-273-8255. So if you are suicidal, I'm asking you, I'm begging you. I'm not above begging. Like, I beg for lots of things in my life. So I'm not above begging you very seriously to call 1-800-273-8255. I'm asking you to talk to someone. I'm talk- I don't care if you put it on social media. Just let people know this is what you're dealing with because there is help available. And thank you for doing that if that fits you. All right, what is self-awareness? Well, the dictionary definition of self-awareness is conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. That's the dictionary definition. So self-awareness, just so you know, is the first kind of foundational building block for emotional intelligence or emotional quotient. And it's extremely valuable, which we're going to cover. My second podcast, which I love, I I love it. My second podcast is titled Emotions as a Superpower. Why? Because emotions are a superpower. They are like a superpower bar none. The problem is most people don't know how to navigate and process and manage and deal with their emotions so that their emotions are actually a superpower. So it's kind of like, for many people in the world, emotions have the potential to be a superpower, but only if you learn how to use them. I mean, Spider-Man wouldn't get very far if he didn't finally learn how to shoot the webbing out of his hands. So mostly we don't have self-awareness. We don't have high emotional intelligence. And this is where we're starting because self-awareness is major, major benefits. So let me talk to you about the benefits of self-awareness. Now, again, emotional intelligence, which I actually talk about besides the first, the second podcast, emotions is a superpower. I have a couple other podcasts dealing with anger and dealing with other emotions and how to harness them. But this is a deep dive into self-awareness, which I haven't done in the other podcasts, which is why I'm doing it because I don't like to repeat myself. So the benefits of self-awareness include increased happiness. Oh my gosh, who doesn't want more happiness in their life? I don't know anybody. And if you say you don't want more happiness, I'm going to say liar, liar, pants on fire. So increased happiness, improved sense of peace and contentment. The health of benefits associated with increased happiness, which are mega, mega benefits, health benefits. I'm specifically talking about health benefits for your heart, for your for your mind, for your for your immune system. The benefits for happiness, the health benefits for happiness are extraordinary. And when you become self-aware, you automatically receive the improved health benefits associated with happiness. Improved relationships with other people, improved self-control or self-regulation, increased creativity, improved self-esteem and self-confidence, reduced anxiety and other negative emotions, better listening skills, improved decision-making skills, empathy for others, 
improved critical thinking skills, improved leadership abilities, accurate self-assessment or self-perception, less regret and self-doubt, more of a sense of purpose, and more focus and less easily distracted. So those are some of the top benefits for having self-awareness. Isn't that enough? My goodness, I think having increased happiness would be enough. But all the other things are, are just major benefits and, and blessings. So let's talk about what are possible signs that you might be lacking self-awareness. And I will say, I'm going to take a stab, a wild stab. This is not research-based, but a wild stab and say, more than 60% of the population is not self-aware. They're just not. So when you want to listen to this list, you might be going, oh yeah, you know, I'm not, that doesn't fit me. You might not have an accurate self-perception. So signs you might be lacking self-awareness. You can't laugh at yourself. You are always right, or you always have to be right. Nothing is ever your fault. You are controlling. You bully others, but are probably not aware that you do that. You are passive-aggressive, and again, you might not be aware that you're passive-aggressive. You can't take criticism. You make excuses. You are grandiose. You have trouble with your emotions or you suppress them. You have a short fuse or shut people down. You lack empathy for others. Goal-setting can be difficult. You can't explain your actions. You lack a sense of identity or self. You lack focus. You struggle with time management. You struggle with self-control. You have difficulty making decisions. And you micromanage. So those are 20 signs that you might be lacking in self-awareness. So in the next piece, I want to give you this broad context for the importance and significance of self-awareness. So I have it broken down into the biblical context, the historical or philosophical context, and then the psychology context, because I really want you to see that this has been an idea that's been embraced since the beginning of time. It's that important. So on the biblical context for self-awareness, part of being a Christian is self-awareness if you follow the teachings of the Bible. One famous biblical quote goes something like, so the world within, so the world without. And what that's pointing to or meaning is that so our internal world so goes our external world, so the world within, so what's within us is kind of how we view the world outside of us. And there are many quotes, and you can look them up uh, in the Bible, suggesting a look inward. So for example, Psalm 24 verses 3 and 4, that basically, those two verses basically cover conduct, motivation, attitudes, and prioritizing one's life to do that requires the truth looking inward or looking at your inward parts. So you can do a Bible search and find you know plenty of references to uh, the Bible having someone look inward at their own behavior, at their own thoughts and their own you know way of living. So that's the biblical context. It's there, it's been around, you can find lots on the web about that. So from a historical or philosophical context, though, I think what's interesting is pretty much every famous philosopher 
from the beginning of time has written about self-awareness. They don't always necessarily use the term self-awareness, but I'm going to give you uh, a couple quotes from Socrates and a couple quotes from Aristotle that I think will help bring this home about what we're talking about. So from Socrates, he said, the unexamined life is not worth living. He also said, wonder is the beginning of wisdom. And he also said, the secret to change is to focus all your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And from Aristotle, he said, the energy of the mind is the essence of life. He also wrote, to be conscious, conscious that, we are, that we are perceiving or thinking is to be conscious of our own existence. Aristotle also is attributed to saying, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. And happiness depends upon ourselves. So you can go back and you can look at any, any, any of the famous philosophers from thousands of years ago. And they write and talk about you know, the meaning of life and really what matters. And self-awareness is one of the things that they have always all written about. So that's kind of a historical or philosophical context for the importance of self-awareness. Now, I want to get into lastly, before I give you some steps to really make a difference here, is the psychological or the psychology context for self-awareness, because that's pretty cool. You, if you don't know, I love psychology because it can be very helpful, which is why I have a whole podcast on psychology terms I think everyone should know. So the first aspect I want to talk about under the heading of psychology is the subconscious unconscious mind because that really comes into play deeply and seriously in this topic of self-awareness. So the subconscious or unconscious mind is the discovery of that is attributed to Sigmund Freud in 1893. Yes, 1893, and we're still not all aware that we even have a subconscious or unconscious mind. So we haven't made a lot of progress. I mean, research-wise, we've made a lot of progress, but in terms of actual living. So according to the research, your conscious mind, that's the part that you're aware of. Like, I'm aware I'm sitting here making a podcast. I'm aware of what I'm saying to you. That's my conscious mind. But then, then there's not, and that's 10%. 10% of what your mind is aware of is your conscious mind is about 10%. Your subconscious and unconscious mind make up, according to the research, about 90%. Why this is important is because, according to the research, the 90%, the subconscious and unconscious mind, is what drives your life but you're not aware of it. So I did see there's uh, an author by the name of Bruce Lipton. He is the author of The Biology of Belief. He had, I saw him on a YouTube video where he was comparing the conscious mind, your conscious mind, to a laptop. So your conscious mind is 10% of your mind, and he compared the conscious part as equivalent to being a laptop in this analogy. And then he went on to say your subconscious, unconscious mind is equivalent to a large mainframe computer because that's 90%. So the, 
So we operate in life using about 10%, little laptop using Bruce Lipton's analogy here. Oh, by the way, I do recommend his book, Biology of the Belief. I, I found that fascinating. But it's really the mainframe, the subconscious and unconscious mind that runs your life. And that's what we're talking about today is accessing what is it that you're not aware of? What is it that you're not, you know, is not reached your awareness? Because that's what runs the show. The next psychology concept that is important in this kind of overall arching topic of self-awareness is the self-fulfilling prophecy. Now that's a psychology term that's been around for more than four decades. And what that means is if you set a goal, a positive goal, a positive vision, a positive goal, a dream, something positive, you set that intention and you set that goal and your subconscious and your unconscious mind, the parts you really don't typically have access to, goes to work to make it come true. So unconsciously and subconsciously, your actions are being guided by that positive outcome, goal, vision, dream, whatever, so that it actually becomes true, which is why it's called the self-fulfilling prophecy, because you set it yourself, you set a goal yourself, and then unconsciously, subconsciously, your actions line up with that. So this is very important because whether you're aware of the self-fulfilling prophecy or not, it still operates. It's still true whether you know about it or not. And why it's even more important is because there is an opposite corollary to the self-fulfilling prophecy, which is called the self-defeating prophecy. And as you can imagine from the name, this is where you say something bad's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to get a parking ticket. Oh, I'm not going to get this great job. You set something negative. And then subconsciously, unbeknownst to you, you're unaware of it, your actions line up with that. So it comes true. So this negative thing comes true. So whether you know about the self-fulfilling prophecy and the self-defeating prophecy, whether you know about them or not, they are at play. They are at play because they have been researched to death. And we know it's a fact. So you can look at all the research, which is fascinating, by the way. But this is important because when we talk about becoming self-aware, your subconscious and unconscious mind are part of this. And so you want to understand how your mind works and things that you can use to your benefit. Because if you know about the self-fulfilling prophecy, oh my goodness, you can use that to your advantage by setting positive intentions and positive goals. All right, the next thing I want to cover in this arena of self-awareness that's going to be important is called your inner critic. Now, we don't walk around in life talking about, oh, that's your inner critic talking or, oh, you know, that was your inner critic. We probably should. In fact, I'm sure we should because that would be really helpful. But we don't typically talk about that. And what we, you know, what we know is that about 95 or so percent of what your inner critic says is really nasty and negative. That's why it's called your inner critic, not your inner friend. It's your inner critic because it's not nice to you. So when you start to become self-aware, you're going to become aware of this inner critic. And your inner critic can be tamed over time. That's a process. And it's definitely something you want to engage in because you want to be nice to yourself. Like, do you really want to be mean to yourself? No, 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 no. That's not healthy. That's not good. So the other couple pieces from psychology is that we know from the research, decades of research now, 
that positive thinking and optimism are way better for your health, way better for your life. They are better for you in every aspect. And, you know, quite frankly, it's very interesting research. I mean, I find the, the research interesting. So there's really no room for negative thinking because it's bad for you and it's going to give you a terrible life. So if that's what you're dealing with, if you're listening to this podcast and you're you know, this far in and you're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a pessimist, I'm a negative thinker, guess what? All is not lost, the game's not over, you're still alive, and you can change. If there's one thing all the philosophers agree on, is anybody can change. So so if you're listening to this right now, and you've just had that aha moment, oh, I'm a negative thinker, I'm sunk. No, no, no. There's a book called The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, written in the 1950s, by the way. It might have been 1952, but don't quote me. That's a classic book that helps people get their thinking turned around from negative to positive. There's tons of stuff. There is just literally, since the 1950s, oodles and oodles of research and books on, on how to switch from being negative to positive and the benefits, and they're huge. So now I've kind of covered that there's a biblical context, there's a philosophical or historical context, and there's a psychological or psychology context for the value and importance of self-awareness. I hope that's enough for you, because that's all I could think of is those kind of three different three different ways that it's been covered in society over the last couple thousand years. So if that doesn't show you that it's important, I don't know that we will ever demonstrate that to you, but I think those contexts are very fascinating and interesting and helpful. And now what I want to cover with you is steps to becoming self-aware. Now again, self-awareness is one of five aspects or five components of emotional intelligence. If you become self-aware, that's part of emotional intelligence, but it's not all of it because there's four other components. But this is the starting place because if you're not self-aware, you're kind of, you know, probably not going to be able to have much of the other components of emotional intelligence. All right, so number one, you want to commit yourself. Everything and anything in life worth doing, worth having, worth anything starts with a commitment. And I mean commit. Commit. Be all in. Be like, take no prisoners. Be resolved. Not like namby-pamby, well, maybe I'll try this. No, knock that off. Commit yourself. Be all in or get out. And in this case, I hope you want these benefits of happiness, so commit yourself. Number two. Put on your Indiana Jones hat or some other explorer hat or something else, you know, or your Comic-Con favorite person or whoever, and make this fun. This is a journey. Life is a journey. You know, like it's it's a journey. It's not like, you know, one a one-chapter book. So it's a journey, and why not make it fun? I'm a huge fan of fun. Life is way too hard not to have fun every chance you get. So you could make this an adventure of a lifetime where you could have it be boring. No, don't have it be boring. Get the right attitude. Try to make it fun. I have in my notes here, make a game of it. I am such a fan of making a game out of pretty much everything. I mean, I can tell you when the kids were, my kids are grown, but when they were younger, we used to make a game out of seeing if we could 
get in and out of the grocery store in like 30 minutes or less or whatever, depending on the size of our list. We'd, we'd look at the list and make some time and then make a game out of it. <laughs> it was actually quite fun. I mean, like, you can make anything a game. You can make anything fun, in my opinion, even at work. All right, so begin exploring. Get your Indiana Jones hat or some other Comic-Con or whatever. Some Make it fun. Figure out a way to make it an adventure. So number three is become awake and aware. This is, this is really, it's, it's a fascinating process. If you've never become self-aware, you know, you, you, it's like you wake up and you really start to pay attention to the thoughts that you have in your head, which you might not have been aware of before. And you become awake and aware to things that you actually say out loud about yourself. Much of which is not not nice. It's not good. So the third step here is to become awake and aware. Just like really awake and aware. Number four, then you notice. You're going to start to really notice, really pay attention. And when people become awake and aware and then they really start to notice, they are usually quite stunned and not necessarily happy. But I don't want you to be really hard on yourself right now. I want you to just be awake and aware and start paying attention to what it is you're saying <coughs> and what it is you're thinking. Now, the next step, number five, is counterbalance the negative. I'm a huge fan of counterbalancing the negative. Any negative in my life, I try to counterbalance with a positive or two or three or whatever number, depending on the, on the negative. So when you catch yourself with a negative thought or a negative statement that you've said out loud, I want you to immediately counterbalance that negative thought or statement with something positive. So for example, if I said, oh, I'm such an idiot. No, 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 no. No, I heard myself say that or caught myself thinking that I would immediately say something positive like I'm smart and I'm a beautiful person or no, I am not an idiot. I'm, I'm the opposite of that or what have you. So your inner critic is going to like keep rearing its ugly head and saying these nasty negative things about you that aren't true. They're simply not true. They, are, they aren't true and they will never be true. Now, if you're a bad person and you do bad things to people, then you need to clean that up. You need to take a look at some of my material on being a person of character and integrity because that's not cool. And, of course, we want you to be happy and we want you to be healthy. And if you're doing bad stuff, that's not going to get you what you want anyway. So when you engage in this process of immediately counterbalancing a negative statement or a negative thought with a positive, what you're actually doing is you're actually using a concept called the neuroplasticity of the brain to rewire and retrain your brain. And this actually works. I have a short, very short YouTube video on the neuroplasticity of the brain, and I think it's like, it's the bomb. It's like the best. It's so amazing and it works. But over time, if you continue to engage in this counterbalancing the negative with the positive every time, you will have less and less negative coming at you from your subconscious and unconscious mind. Now, it'll never totally go away. That, that negative inner critic, you know, just like won't die off, but it will become tamer and tamer and tamer and tamer and tamer and tamer. 
but it's dependent upon you doing either an affirmation or immediately counterbalancing anything negative with a positive. So number six, um, identify your beliefs about people, yourself, and the world. So as I said earlier, you're going to become awake and aware, and then you're going to start to notice, then you're going to counterbalance. As you're going through this process, you want to start to identify, you want to become awake and aware to kind of what are your operating principles of life? What are the beliefs that you have about yourself, about other people, about the world and how the world is? What are those beliefs? What do you believe? What do you think? And you want to be able to lay it out. So, for example, a very, very common um, belief that many, many people have is, I'm not good enough. So if you have the belief that you're not good enough, that colors your world, it colors your behavior, it colors what you think about not only yourself, but other people and their interactions with you. And it's not true you're not good enough. You're plenty good enough. You were made by God. You're an amazing person. It's not true. Another common belief or operating principle is I can't win. That's very common. Well, if you think you can't win, you're not going to win. Just ask any coach of any sport or anybody who has led, you know, organizations. You know, if you think you're not going to win, you're not going to win. Or someone might have the, I'm just not lucky in life. Well, if you're not, if you're thinking that you're not lucky in life, guess what? You're using the self-defeating prophecy and subconsciously your actions are going to make sure that you're not lucky. You know, you might think that people are generally bad. That's going to give you the self-defeating prophecy and, and have you take actions that will demonstrate people are pretty bad. So in this sixth step, you want to get a handle on what are your philosophies about life and people and yourself and the world. Really, you want to start to nail that down because that's valuable and this is about self-awareness and don't make any of it bad if you've been living your life thinking that you're just not good enough own it own it and claim it because the next step will help you with that the next step number seven is to consciously shift your attitudes and beliefs so once you get a handle on what you think about yourself what you think about others life in the world you're going to then want to consciously shift any views that are negative or disempowering because they're not going to serve you. Negative views, disempowering views are not going to help you in life whatsoever. They're not going to help you be happy and they're not going to help you have an amazing life. So for example, as I already mentioned, I can't win, you know, is only going to give you not winning in life. You know, I'm not good enough. That's not true. That's that's a lie. You want to make sure you have empowering attitudes and beliefs about life because that's going to help you have a happy life for all the reasons I already covered. So here's a couple examples of empowering attitudes or beliefs about life. Good things are coming my way. Life is magical. Something good is about to happen. My life always has a way of working out, and I am so blessed. By the way, those are kind of like my operating principles. I know, I'm, I'm crazy, but I have this amazing life. Even though I have lots of hardship, I have an amazing life. All right, so number eight. So going back to number seven to finish it up. If you have disempowering attitudes or beliefs, they've got to get switched around because it's just not going to help you. 
You know, it's like driving a car with no gas. You're not going to go anywhere. You want to have positive, empowering attitudes and beliefs about yourself, other people, and the world. And, and it's quite, by the way, it's quite fun to have life is magical or something good is about to happen. There's like some anticipation. It's really nice. Like, so try it on. All right, number eight, get a group to support you. Okay, I'm a super major fan of doing things in, in mass, in groups, because I love people. I mean, I just love people. People are just lovable. I mean, even some of the mean ones are lovable. They just haven't been loved well. So make it fun and do it in a group. If you don't have enough friends, oh my gosh, I have a podcast about that. I've got a whole series of YouTube videos on my YouTube channel to help you make friends. This is a perfect time to stitch together a group of people, even if you don't know each other, you know, and, and make a game of it. Make it fun. I mean, you could make this so much fun. Really, you could. And be supported because it's going to be very valuable to have other people know what you're doing. Because I've done this with friends <laughs> forever ago where we would we would be we were both awake and aware we were growing our emotional intelligence and our self-awareness and I would say to my friend oh my gosh did you just say that about yourself or they would say to me oh my gosh did you just say that about yourself and then we do the immediate counterbalance and say something positive so it's really going to help you progress and why not have a fun group doing it why not well because you get to do life however you want. You might not want to do it in a group, but I highly recommend it. All right, number nine is probably going to feel weird or unnatural. So if you've never done much growth and development work, which is what we're talking about here, this may seem wildly weird, completely unnatural, foreign, whatever. I don't care. Go with it. Embrace it. Hold on to it. Allow it. Just like, you know, soak it in. And allow those feelings because you are clear about the benefits. These are huge, major benefits that you want to have because you want to have a happy life. Who wants to have a sad, morose, horrible life? Nobody wants that. Nobody. I mean, okay, maybe there's some martyr victim type of people and maybe they actually do, but I don't think so. Not regular people. All right, number 10. Take actions to deal with any negative thinking, overthinking, catastrophizing or excessive worry as I've already mentioned in this podcast that's not going to help you very very bad for your health it's extremely bad for your health you want to move into the happiness and the empowered living and negativity is not going to get you that life is hard enough you don't need to make it harder so here's a couple takeaways from our self-awareness podcast number one self-awareness is critical to happiness and living a happy life and you want that I know you do Takeaway number two, self-awareness is a skill set that you can learn and grow over time. And number three, the value of self-awareness to your health is extraordinary and you can do this. You really can become self-aware. So for my call to action, it's time to get in action and go exploring to become self-aware. It's time for you to get on this journey because it's the perfect time. There will never be a better time than right now. And so get your people together. Get people together. And if you don't know them, you can create it. You can put on social media, hey, I'm going to create this little fun self-awareness team. Who's in? 
And lastly, for my call to action, share this podcast in social media to help other people because people need help and this will help them have a happy and healthy life. All right, that's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 32, The Power of Self-Awareness for a Happy Life. I hope you're going to get on the road to self-awareness starting now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get new episodes automatically as they come out. And please share this with people in your life who you care about. Connect with me on my website at www.lisaalundy.com for my giveaway to win cool prizes. I love you. I appreciate you. Hang in there. Bye for now.